You are listening to the 7B Podcast, produced by the Bonner County Daily Bee and Bonner's Ferry Herald. I'm your host, Victor Corral Martinez. Hi, today I'm joined with Kyle Watts, um, owner and operator of Woody's Gun Pond. And can you tell me a little bit about your experience um, in the firearms world? I personally grew up with firearms in my life since a young boy. Learned to hunt, and hunt with them. Um, shot my whole life for leisure and entertainment. I've owned my gun store for about eight years now. And what are um, some of the things you carry in your store? Try and carry everything um, possible that is legal and uh, capable to be sold. Okay. And um, how long have you lived in the community? Um, My parents actually relocated here when I was only six months old. Left in my late teens, early 20s. Came back when I was about 27, 28. Okay. Um, So you're... I'm a local. I'm a local. Today we're going to talk about some of the issues going on with ammunition and firearms, and there seems to be a shortage. Um, just off of some of the information provided by uh, the federal government, uh, there's been two million guns sold. Uh, two million guns sold in the January 2021. Um, last year saw 23 million um, firearms purchased. That's created a limited gun supply. And on top of that, we've seen 8.4 million new firearm purchases by first-time buyers. Personally, I am one of those 8.4 million. I just bought my first gun. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a Glock 48. Nice. Good choice. So what are your thoughts on the gun shortage and just overall, like how many people have bought firearms over the last year or even the last two months? You know, off the top of my head, I'd say it's a, that, that answer is probably many different levels. Um, some of it is fear-based. Um, with the... Uh, misinformation spewed across the world today a lot of people are fearful of many things of not being able to have firearms um, from the extremes of you know the government's going to take them to you know i might need to provide for my family and i never have um, to self-protection with all what's going on in the movement today to defund police to to you know in which people fear will increase crime they want to defend their home i think it all plays in eh? just the current state of our world and do you think these um, record sales will continue to increase or they'll start to die down? They cannot sustain, in my opinion, They're just financial and simple numbers. You know, nobody can afford to buy new guns every single month, even if it is based off of fear. It, it, a lot of it's supply and demand. A lot of it's going to depend on uh, legislation coming down the pipe on what truly gets passed in our government and what does not. Um, once again, it's a lot, I think, is fear-based, personally. Are there any concerns with so many new people buying firearms, like safety-wise? For me, I can only speak for myself. I, yeah, I think it's a little concerning at times. Um, some people who are buying firearms that never have with a lack of knowledge, a lack of training. But in the same token, if they do their due diligence, there are many avenues to get that training, to get that practice. Um, it's just going to depend on the individual to seek that out. I often refer customers when they come in and I can tell they're brand new. I actually refer them to other stores south of us in Kootenai County that allow you to shoot the firearms in a training setting before you buy one. I'll refer them down there and say, hey, go try a bunch of different ones out and then come back here and we'll talk. Does the state of Idaho do enough for um, educating new firearm owners? You know, I guess that's a matter of opinion. Uh, they offer hunter safety courses. You know, they the school systems, to my knowledge, do not allow uh, firearms training courses at this point. 
Um, I know we have some shooting clubs, but that's all I'm aware of. And um, so they were talking about the most popular firearms, um, the tactical shotgun. Um, can you elaborate on to someone that doesn't even know about that weapon? Here, here comes in probably one of my biggest pet peeves in the industry, misinformation. Often when I see articles written or people talk on a national news platform, they talk about uh, the word tactical. What is tactical? You know, it's a definition that many people hold differently. Um, I'm imagining with what you're reading there that you've researched, anything that would look to be tactical would be, you know, a, a black colored firearm with maybe a pistol grip or some some lights on it or lasers or tactical rails which hold a light or a laser or a grip um, tactical to me in the commercial setting is an appearance thing not as much as it is is a use so another popular uh, weapon of choice is the ak-47 style rifles has that always been a popular weapon and i think so i mean i think it's been around forever it's iconic um the, the confusion, again, for people who don't know firearms that didn't grow up maybe in an area where firearms were regularly around and handled and, and taught is, you know, when people hear AK-47, they think military. They think war. They think fully automatic weapons. They think mass casualty. Um, an AK-47 is no different than a bolt-action 762 by 39 which is a, you know, deer-hunting caliber um, it shoots one round at a time by the pull of your finger. It is, you know, so for me, it has been around forever and it's been popular forever. Uh, is it a pretty effective gun to go hunting with? Not or? in my opinion. I don't find them very accurate at all. So what would be the appeal? They're fun. Once again, the look. It, it, to me, it, it's, a, it's a hobby. You know, people enjoy shooting. Sometimes you, you can shoot this gun a little better or more fun. Yeah, so um, one of the guns, so in my recent purchase, I got a Glock uh, 48. Um, that was one of the most popular handguns purchased in the last year, along with the Sig Sauer P365. My understanding was that those guns are good for concealing or sports. Um, why do you think it was so popular this past year? Personally, I think a lot of people in our country feel we're in uncertain times. They're concerned about crime levels. Even people with opposing views. People are being approached every day, even here on the street, confronted about a bumper sticker. Um, people are escalating things for no reason. And so people want a concealed weapon to help protect themselves, is the best I can understand it. Do you think there's people that um, they, they buy a weapon just for um, peace of mind and probably never plan to actually use it? Or I think a lot of people buy a weapon for peace of mind. Um, you know, let's leave all the politics out of it. Let's leave all the, uh, crime out of it. We live in North Idaho. There are bears, there are mountain lions. A lot of people around here just buy a handgun or a shotgun for simple protection in the woods. That's true. I've been told I need a, a stronger, um, a stronger or a bigger bullet. Yeah. A nine millimeter caliber is probably not going to do much for a bear. So how has your business, um, fared with, uh, the COVID-19 disruptions and also on the flip side of that, the increased purchase of weapons. It's one thing that there's a lot of people wanting to buy guns, but when there's such a limitation of being able to attain them, it's not that good for business. Um, 
the the big box stores in the cities and whatnot of course they have contracts and they'll get but all of the smaller stores it's very hard to attain ammunition and firearms right now so as good as business could be if we had the inventory it's tough to sell it if you don't have it and has there been people um trying to pawn their their guns or has that died out completely you know uh, the loans and pawns have died out quite a bit not completely but quite a bit um I think a lot of that is that there's been some provided funding for people in our country. And so, you know, if they're getting money here, they don't need it there. You know, whether that changes or whatnot, you know, I can't tell the future holds. And so what are your thoughts on um, there's been a lot of complaints that ammunition manufacturers are not producing enough or they're withholding ammunition? It's like anything else. Nobody knows the truth. There's one truth. There's a lot of opinions. Um, for me, it's a simple math thing. It appears to be numbers. Everybody is buying up everything at just extreme pricing. Some ammunition items are 10 times what they were six months ago. I, once I think that's total fear, fear-based purchasing. Do you think, um, the market will level out where the supply will meet the demand? It always has in the past. Um, I hope it does for everybody's sake. But I can't answer that. So, um, so just talking on a more national issue, um, Biden released a plan um, in regards to new gun legislation. Um, one of the things that he mentioned is um, closing the ability to do ghost guns, which is like to buy a kit and assembling. Uh, you get like a gun kit, and then you could get the additional parts and not necessarily need a serial number attached to it. Well, yeah, let's clarify that, because there's a lot of ways to buy kits of guns that are serial numbered. In fact, the very vast, vast majority of gun kits to build your own are serial numbered. They do do background checks on, and that's another misconception in our country today, is anytime somebody mentions a gun kit, they think, oh, this guy's a wacko. Um, a ghost gun is what's called an 80% lower receiver. It doesn't come with a serial number because it's not a firearm and it's not complete. So therefore, the ATF doesn't require um, a 4473 background check on it. Um, and it's totally legal at this point to manufacture them yourself and not have a serial number. My opinion on it, I don't really have much of one. I don't personally own one. I've been open eight years. I think I sold two or three of those lower receivers in my entire people around here don't seem to care that much about that. Um, they're more concerned with using the AR-15 to go coyote hunting than they are for tactical self-defense. Um, so that's a good point that you brought up because, um, so like the, I guess you would say the mainstream media and, uh, the current administration, when they've talked about these things, it seemed like that it's such an issue. What is your thought on that? Like that, the fact that there's this message going out, but then the average Joe in in uh, rural America is like, that's not a concern. It blows my mind, actually. So if you take a stereotype, let's say, and you, you were to say, oh, the far right this or the far left that, people would stereotype that the far left was more educated, correct? They would say, oh, they're the, they're the college kids. They're this, they're indoctrinated. You know, these are all stereotypes, not my opinions. But what I will say is when I sit back and watch any gun legislation that I've personally read come through over my entire adult life, it's embarrassing because it's obviously written by people who don't know guns, don't understand guns, and and it's agenda-driven. It's 
I, I feel as though these, these uh, legislations are written to written for people who don't even understand the situation. You know, they're written for votes. How would that affect, uh, hypothetically, how would that affect if ghost guns were um, outright banned or there were increased restrictions, which the current administration wants to do, how would that affect your business? On, gun, on ghost guns? Ghost guns, um, red flag laws. The reality is this, common sense gun owners, they're not anti-gun control of sorts. They're anti-lack of freedom. My, my personal opinion is, you know, it's a slippery slope. You have to be careful on what you just get alongside and be okay with and what you don't. Um, red flag laws, if you can show me a way and who's going to decide who should have their guns and who shouldn't without infringing upon an innocent person's rights, I'm all for it. If you tell me there's a completely mentally unstable individual that is going to hurt people, of course I wouldn't want them to have guns. But in many situations, who's going to decide that and what's right? Yeah, it's a very tough situation or tough determination to, to make. As far as the gun industry or the firearms industry, where do you see it going from this year and the next couple years? Probably just like it's gone the last few terms. Um, everybody's going to say what they want to do. It's going to get tied up in Congress and Senate, and I don't think much of anything is going to pass. It's more for uh, just kind of public image? I think it's to show their people they're trying to do what they want them to do. And then is there anything I missed that you would like to bring up? I just think people should educate themselves. Uh, if, if you if you want an opinion on gun legislation, understand the gun. Like I, I truly feel that if a lot of people took the time to research and educate themselves and look at, you know, uh, firearms themselves, which firearms, you know, function at what rate, what firearms do this, what firearms do that, what they're used for, um, and then look at the crime rates, look at what takes place, and then ask yourself one honest question. I just... I've always wondered this. How is taking the guns out of law-abiding citizens going to stop a criminal from having guns? And so Idaho um, state legislature recently is pushing a new bill which would allow um, certain qualified individuals, so like coaches, teachers, administrators, and allow them to potentially carry a firearm on themselves. And the, the hope is to, um, if there were ever an actual... Um, you know, God forbid that there were ever an actual shooting at the uh, or, uh, the high school or any of the schools here, um, they would be able to respond with their firearm. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I guess for me, I would just say that if my, my child was attending a school, I would feel better if trained individuals were armed. So you're saying you're comfortable with people that have firearms if they're properly trained. So if, let's say, um, hypothetically, uh, a principal was trained and carried a firearm with them, you'd be okay and comfortable with you know them being around um, your 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 children. Yeah, I mean, what would the difference be in a principal who has training carrying a firearm than a law enforcement officer with a nine-week academy or thirteen-week academy carrying in a school? What's the difference? You know, I as long as the intention is pure, I think that's the main point: intention and training. Potentially, I mean, on the flip side to that having someone that's allowed to carry a firearm that isn't educated in the firearm tactics and uh, being a good gun owner. Um, what are your thoughts on that? If you don't know how to use a gun, you shouldn't carry one. I mean, I, I, w I mean, I'm, I'm, I am pro firearm, pro gun, 
pro freedom, all that good stuff. But I'm also common sense. And I, I, I wouldn't, if, if I was, you just told me you bought your first gun, correct? Yes. If I was hanging out with you and I said, hey, let's go fishing and you jumped in the truck and had your gun on you, I would ask you to make sure it was unloaded before you got in my truck. <laughs> it's that simple. For the record, I actually did receive um, training on carrying a handgun. <laughs> That's good. It's really good. And uh, yeah, so I went to the Cooney Valley Range and uh, practiced over there with um, Rome. Yep, which which I just said. There are many many avenues. Rome is a good one locally. There there are plenty of avenues in which to get the training you want to learn. Um, you know, I, I was shooting from age six on rifles, handguns, shotguns. I, you know, I've been hunting since I was legally able to. Some people might argue I started earlier than that, but I'm gonna say I started when I was legally able to. What would you say to the customers? I'd just say calm down, be patient. You know, uh, don't waste too much ammo because it's not readily available. Only shoot what you need to to stay proficient. Yeah, and since we're here right now, um, what kind? Of, I know you recently had a raffle for Jeff Avery to help him with his medical expenses. Um, can you elaborate on that? And then tell me any other projects you have going on. Um, you know, in our town, when you grow up here, when you're from here, you you try and take care of everyone. And so if somebody is having struggles or needs. The community has always tried to meet that. And so I'm just a very tiny piece of that. I try and help where I can. So Jeff was diagnosed with cancer. Um, medical bills come with that, travel expenses, time out of work. So a handful of us in the community got together, donated different parts of the giveaway. We sold raffle tickets and, uh, you know, raised some money to help that family out. Um, we try and do that as often as need if we can. You know, obviously, I can't obviously probably donate a ton of stuff every single time someone gets sick, but when we can, we do. Can you tell me some of the um, some of the things that were donated and if you're willing to say, like, how much money was actually raised? Um, the dollar amount we've been asked not to disclose just because, you know, private finances, I would guess. Um, but it was significant. Was it above, like, did you guys have a goal and did you reach that goal? or my, did it- my goal was just $5,000 and we exceeded that goal. Um, you know, there... We donated an AR-15, 223. Um, uh, just a local citizen that came in to buy raffle tickets. He, you know, Chris Cameron. He said, you know, I'll, let me buy this scope over here and put on that gun, and maybe it'll sell more tickets for Jeff. And then um, uh, Uber leaving over here. Um, they donated some great outdoor products. Um, I'm trying to not forget anybody here. Um, uh, another local citizen came in and donated some extra ammo. We donated a few hundred rounds. It just kept adding, you know, Jeff felt the need, Jeff, Jeff Avery himself, he restores axes and whatnot. And so just as a thank you, he restored a nice ax and brought it in. And Jamie Fulton with Wildwood Leatherworks, she built a nice sheath. And it just seems to be what happens in Bonners when, when people are trying to help, then more people just want to jump in. And in all honesty, we had plenty of people contact me and say, hey, can I add to this? Can I, you know, and at some point you just have to say, hey, let's hold that for the next need. You know, let's, let's just, let's just, let's just do this. And then tomorrow's going to be another day and another need. And so let's, let's save some of those resources, I guess, if you will. And um, do you have any future projects coming up? Oh yeah, we got lots of events. Uh, July 9th and 10th, we have a two-day pro-level demolition derby here in Bonners. Um, On the night of the 9th, we're doing a uh, street dance here on Main Street. The Maya Kohal band will be in town playing. Um, that's free to people to come down and enjoy all evening, um, after the demolition derby. Um, then again, in September 11th, we're having another demolition derby down at the fairgrounds. 
Um, I also know John Becker is putting on our local motocross and fireworks display on the 4th of July weekend. So we got quite a few things happening. Thank you for listening to the 7B Podcast. 